Hi, I'm Chud X. And I'm Lanny. And this is The World As It Is Today. Hey, it's been another week and we're back. Right. Good to be here. It's actually been a full week now. Yes. We almost had an uh, episode recorded early. Yeah, it was amazing. We had this great talk and it was like over an hour and it was really deep, felt good. And then I was editing it. I barely even started editing. We, it. we got we got interrupted. Right, we got interrupted, so we had to pause the recording and run upstairs because someone came got here. And when we came back down, we continued recording. So I was just editing those two pieces together. And as I did that, I accidentally pressed the back button, which deleted our previous recording. And then I accidentally clicked something else, which made it so I couldn't undo that. So long story short. I learned a really hard and valuable lesson, and I deleted um, all but the first six minutes of that conversation. Yeah. And it was like about, about an hour and 10, Oh my 15. God, it was. Yeah, and it was the six-minute intro before we really got going was the only thing left. And, and I was like, yeah, it's cool. We'll just, uh, I'll listen to that, and then we'll, we'll go from, from there, and we'll recreate it. But it's like, I don't know. You know, it was, it was a pretty heavy one. Like, I, it was talking about some religious things and stuff like that. It was very in the moment, not something... It, it wouldn't be genuine if we recreated it. Not now, but we could definitely have that conversation again and like in a few weeks. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it'll be a lot of the same stuff, I'm sure, but a lot of new stuff or yeah. expanded upon or said differently and will be great as well. But I was pretty upset and that manifested in a strange way where I was I was a little mad at you for not being upset with me. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, I was like, I feel like I need to be punished. Everyone should be mad now. And I'm going, look on the bright side. It, we did it early, so we have time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah like, no, but I, then I, I get it. We would have been ahead. Uh, but anyway, it's over. That's gone. Here, we, I even deleted the six minutes just now. So that's, that's oh, it's gone completely forever. Gone. Okay. So here we are beginning again. And I will then save this as soon as it's done, as it is, mm-hmm. duplicate it, and then edit that duplicate file. So if anything ever happens, we, I can always go back to the raw audio. It's the future of podcasting. <laughs> winging it here, people. <laughs> Hello, winging it. So let's see. I'm going to mention a couple things here first. This is the final countdown to... I wonder if I could edit that music in. The final countdown song. Can I edit that <laughs> in? This is the final <laughs> count- I don't need to edit it. You here to do that. So the final countdown to my first online fermentation workshop, which is this Sunday, April 10th at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is the Getting Started with Fermentation for Food Preservation workshop, and it's going to be really fun. We've got cool people signed up. i got my booklet all done to send out. We got a Telegram channel set up for people to, who whoever joins one of our workshops gets access to this Telegram channel. So it's just going to be Greener Postures workshop folks that are all trying to do the same thing, food preservation, fermentation, gardening, all that. So we can ask each other questions and bounce ideas off of each other and share our successes. And that uh, Telegram channel is actually already getting some action, which has been cool. We have uh, one um, follower who I think found us because, yeah, because of your work with uh, Deborah Get Red, Gets Red Pilled podcast, mm. uh, Trista. I think she's in California. She's got chickens. She does cool stuff. Oh, okay. And, uh, I think yeah. I know who that is from social media stuff. Yeah, For sure. She's, she's rad, and she's going to be at the uh, workshop. And she just 
Well, she wrote me a long time ago and, and had tried my method of uh, yogurt making from the video I posted on preserving today's YouTube channel. Uh -huh. And she is now had tried to do the uh, fermented applesauce the way I oh, did it on my video. Yes, yes. And she used the, the whey from her own yogurt, which is, I don't know, I think it's so cool to use Dude, yeah. things like that. Just m make the thing that took a long time to make makes your next thing and it just perpetuates itself. It's just all positive. Yep. She said it was really good. And she said what everyone says. She, it's she like, did try the apples. Oh, yeah. She made the apples. Yeah. yeah and that's... then she reported back that it was delicious and that it's like, it's got such a more of an apple flavor it, because applesauce is usually a cooked item. It is simpler and it is better than any applesauce that you've ever had before. Holy shit. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's the way God intended for applesauce <laughs> to be. I don't know that God intended any applesauce, but it's, sure I mean, it's did. just, it's simple. It's like, I bet that's the way people made applesauce, uh, shall I say, originally. And yeah. then somehow, you know, over the years, it became this like uh, this basically a canning process of, of overcooked apple mush. Yeah. And which uh, it has its place you yeah, know, it's, if you have a lot of apples. But it's not bad. man, at least during the season and, you know, a little beyond because thanks for the beneficial bacteria that preserves the food, you can be enjoying the champagne of applesauce yeah. instead of the, the mush. magic. The magic sauce. When you taste the magic, it's you you know you're getting real good food. That's the effervescence that yes. you get from uh, fermented food. Yes. So, yeah, that was cool. So the Telegram channel is already getting action. So you get – I'm all done with the booklet that I'm going to send out to everybody. And we'll have the, you know, probably about two-hour uh, Zoom workshop. I'll show you all my stuff. You'll get to look in my refrigerator. I'm going to – make some stuff and show you how I like to pack my jars, show you my different equipment. We'll have conversation. People can share how they've done it before, ask questions or throw out ideas. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. So I'm getting excited about it. I've also um, wanted to mention we got a, a nice message from a listener named Kelly who found our podcast sounds like because it was recommended to her on iTunes and that was that is weird to me and exciting mm -hmm. because most of the people we've engaged with they've listened to you on the into the apocalypse or Deborah gets red pilled or they heard of us because of some of us uh, our listeners or our followers on Instagram have heard of us because the propaganda report stuff and report maybe some from uh, false reality check or sure something. but like we see the clear path mm -hmm. usually so this one was kind of like more by accident and I was like oh is not she by a, accident she a fed nothing is by accident right <laughs> not by accident she fed found us because of an algorithm <laughs> it was an algorithm it's true and she um, she just had some cool stuff to add about like we had mentioned Edward Bernays like in a podcast not mm -hmm. that long ago and she had cool stuff to add and we talked a little bit about the fluoride being added to the water and and his role in and making that seem like a healthy idea mm -hmm. that was a cool conversation it's just so neat to like know there's people all over the country or the world that might just accidentally find us and, and enjoy these little conversations we have with each other. Yep. Um, with that, I also saw that we had our first review on Apple Podcasts. Ooh. And that was super nice from Laura. Thank you, Laura, for the five-star review. Five stars. And she says, it's like sitting around the table with cool people and having a good conversation. Mm. And I like that a yeah. lot. That makes me feel good. Those are my favorite podcasts. It's yep. just feeling like you're part of a conversation with people you wish you could hang out with in real life. Mm -hmm. And Laura, send us a message. You know, you can. You can hang out with us. Come yep. to the workshop. Ask to be on the... If you have something to add, 
come on the podcast. Yep. Whatever. This is a, this is a two way street. So really ap- appreciate people reaching out. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Any other business? No, I think that's it for business. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I think it was on the one that got deleted uh, when I mentioned that uh, Deborah Gets Red Pill just had uh, Bart Sabrell on. Oh, yes. And that was like, uh, to for me, that was a very epic, epic episode. Um, he is is one of the, he's like the godfather of <laughs> of uh, We Didn't Go to the Moon. Um, he, he talks all about how he came to discover the hoax and... Um, you know the his his trials and tribulations since figuring it out. It was it was an absolute honor to speak to him, as the uh, as the director of uh, uh, a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, and as well as uh, astronauts gone wild, where he got punched by Buzz Aldrin. Yeah, himself. I was gonna say uh, the, ma- the majority of people, if you don't know him, and and you're part of this community, you'll then say, well, he was the guy who got punched by Buzz Aldrin because he asked him to swear that he on the Bible, and everyone's like, oh, oh yeah, that, oh, that yeah, guy. That guy I, yeah. I've seen that clip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So even sure. just last night, I was at a potluck with some of our Freedom Cell friends, and and I was telling this guy who I felt should know who he was, you know, mm-hmm. and then I mentioned the punch, and he goes, oh, I mentioned astronauts going wild, and he goes, oh, is that the guy that got punched in the face by yeah. Buzz Aldrin? Yeah, 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 it was. And so, yeah, his new book is called Moon Man. Moon Man. And it's really good. We're, uh, you've already finished it, but we got it on tape so we could listen while we're working. And I was listening in the kitchen and our eight-year-old kept asking questions as it was going. And then all of a sudden he's like, mom, can we put that on when we have lunch instead of reading like we usually do? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. So now me and this eight-year-old are listening to the Moon Man book (laughs) and It's interesting to hear his take on it and his questions that come up. And it's actually been really good for more vocabulary because he's asking questions about uh, different words that he's heard before but maybe hadn't thought too hard about what they meant. Yeah. So that's been been good and uh, makes me kind of proud that uh, we have an eight-year-old that would be aware that there's – um, controversy or, or questioning of, of the moon landing, mm-hmm. because I don't think there are many, very many eight-year-olds that know that. Is well, even a... pretty much no, no eight-year-old that's in public school yeah, questions that. Right. They Maybe there are some who know that their parents question it, but then they go to school and they're basically told their parents are wrong. And then they, and think they their have some kind of crazy. internal conflict where they don't know whether or not to tell people at school. You know, I, yeah. like, yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure that's, that's difficult. I feel sorry for anyone that's in public school, period, but especially if it's, uh, if it's that mix of that you're, you've got truth or parents and then you're stuck in school and, you know, nothing against the situation. I know that, that everyone's situation is different, but, um, it's just got to be real hard for those kids. Really hard, yeah, and for the parents even. Yeah, so... I like, could you could you imagine our eight-year-old in public school? Well, see, that was a conversation I had last night at this potluck I just mentioned. Yeah. It was one of our good friends, uh, Joseph, um, and I were talking and talking about that we were listening, you know, that our eight-year-old was listening to that book with me and how he it was trying to tell his grandma about um, geoengineering because of the uh, Paranoid American book we have on connecting the dots on chemtrails or whatever yeah uh and he said could you imagine him being in public school and we just paused and we both started laughing (laughs) and he was like he teachers would hate him and i'm like oh my god i know because he'd be questioning 
everything. And it would just be, you're wasting time. Shut up. Sit down. You're not supposed to talk. And he said, I think he would drive some teachers to violence. <laughs> like, he might. He might. It's true. And we were both like proud of it. Yeah, they'd be like, we're just trying to, we're just trying to go over the fucking moon landing. It'll take like two minutes if we don't have any questions. But when you question every single step of every word that oh, I yeah. say, ah! I mean, even for me, sometimes that feels exhausting, but I like, yeah. I know it's for the best, but sometimes I have to, you know, I just need a break, buddy. Let's, let's yeah. move on to something else. Cause I don't know how to answer all the questions. And it's kind of like, let's figure out how you can try to, to investigate on your own. Cause yeah. I'm tired of, of trying to figure shit out myself. But see, you go that route. I, I doubt that a public school teacher would be like, well, you know what? I'm having trouble dealing with all these moon questions. I, I'm just focusing on the moon, but he would question everything. So, do you think that they would let him go on his own to to try and answer oh, those no, questions? No, no, he'd be no, put no, in no. the special See, ed class. It would be it would be leveled up over and over again. The more questions he asks, the more they need to drive in the answers. You know, yeah. Then or the you. Just that's where the vi- drive in the answers. <laughs> There's a lot of hitting. It's a lot. Yeah, so that's why uh, one of the many reasons why I think it's great that he's not in public school. And that was, you know, when he was in the, you know, preschool, daycare, whatever you want to call it, pre-K uh, shit that he was in prior to kindergarten when we decided to, to remove him for and not ever enroll him in public school. Like, it was already apparent there that people were not charmed by his uh, quick wit and his um sharp tongue like he's he's got away with words and he's very conversational and he has a really big vocabulary and that none of those things are are a good thing for school no nope. not with a, not when it's a, accompanied with a free free mind that's like allowed to think things he's just never had his spirit crushed in that way like people like we had when we had you know got from going to public school mm-hmm. yeah so um, today's topic, if you can say that we ever have, really have a topic when we set out. So I want to work through something that I've been thinking about. And I, I have some words for it, but I'm not quite there. This thought is not fully formed. And it keeps coming back to me. Like even like last night, the baby is not sleeping great. He's getting some, some of the bigger teeth in the back and he's just having a growth spurt. It's just... Not not sleeping great. Didn't nap yesterday. He's napping now, so we'll all be thankful for that. But uh, he was up at about 1.30 again, and then I didn't fall back to sleep till 4 a.m. So during that time, I was with him and then back downstairs and with him, and, and I was thinking a lot. I was feeling creative, so I had all these awesome ideas for different workshops and books that I want to um, you know put together and uh, ideas for in-person workshops, I was thinking of different recipes of stuff to do and YouTube videos and and ways to deal with the garden and I was fantasizing about the meat birds but I was also thinking about all all of that actually is part of this thing that I've been coming back to which is the homestead is a living thing. Yeah. Okay, and the kitchen is a living thing. It's a part of that living thing that's the homestead. Right. So if you lived in an apartment, you could still say your kitchen was a living thing or your home was a living thing. But I'm thinking in our situation, the homestead is a living thing. And it's like, well, what do I mean by that? It's like something that's growing and changing every day, all the time. It takes like this, you need to feed it Mm -hmm. and you take from it 
it produces a byproduct, you know? And I mean, even like the laundry pile is growing all the time. Sure. <laughs> and then you, you do that laundry, you put that away and then it happens again. But like outside is growing. The plants are growing. It's springtime. So everything's growing right now, but everything goes through that cycle of life. And in the house, I've been trying to like kind of put my finger on what, you know, how do I describe my kitchen philosophy? Cause I talk about, when I talk about cooking and fermentation and stuff, I talk about intuitive cooking. Uh, this, that's what I consider what I do. Mm-hmm. And that's because I don't, I prefer not to follow a recipe. Uh, if I'm trying to learn something new, I'll, I'll definitely follow a recipe and follow it pretty exact the first time. But I, I'm rarely, if ever, going to make that same recipe the same way that the next time. I'm going to try to improve upon it and make it more geared towards what we like. Um, and that's kind of where it's intuitive and then it stops being a recipe. Now I understand what makes that dish work. And I just follow those basic principles and make it however I want to. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing is like, I think a lot of people like in cities and stuff, you're hungry, food needs to happen. You make food, you eat it. You're hungry, food, so you need food. You go to the store, you get something from the deli, you call Uber Eats or whatever it is and you get something delivered or you go to a restaurant and you get what you want. You know, you might have leftovers from that, mm-hmm. but, uh, or you are going to cook. So you get ingredients and you make that thing. Right. A lot of people even, um, when you, you buy you only buy as much produce as you're going to use right now. Right. Right. Or you buy too much and then you don't use it and it gets thrown away. Yeah. And well, you, in anyone who's responsible who lives like this, <laughs> when I yeah. say responsible and lives like this, I mean like, um, uh, you, you always had that roommate who's like, oh, I'm going to make chicken soup. I'll buy this whole thing of celery. And then they make a chicken soup with like one or two stalks like of, celery. of celery. And then a month later, you're like, dude, can I just throw this out? Mm-hmm. You know, like this this thing is disgusting. Or even it seems like, I don't know if a lot of people use this or if it's just because it's promoted a lot. But I see those like, um, I don't know, chef boxes or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's like a mail order thing. And all yeah. your food that you need for a certain recipe... I've always been intrigued by this. Comes in a box and then you make it. So you'll have like one chicken breast and two ribs of celery and a, yeah. a, a clove of garlic. And I think all you do is chop it up and follow the directions. And yeah, it's probably like se- seasoning that you don't measure. Yeah. You pour yeah. this seasoning on, rub it on the chicken. It's basically it. like a, getting a box of rice aroni or something, except it's like leveled up. To it could be way, 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 way better of that it's all fresh ingredients. Oh, totally. Like I, but then again, you have to question how fresh it is if it's coming through the mail like that. I know. Yeah, it's... Uh, that's why I'm intrigued. I, I, I would, I have like a million questions about them that totally um, I'll, I'll never probably answer because I won't care to talk about it with <laughs> someone in real life. <laughs> no, like, but if I ever heard that someone uses those, I'm going to ask them a million questions right. to the point where they're going to feel violent towards me. <laughs> where does Dario get it? We have no idea. No idea. But, uh, so yeah, so that's how people, people think I'm hungry, make food then you're done, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of my kitchen as this thing that I'm constantly making inputs, I'm like depositing into and I'm taking from. So like, for instance, I think like in the morning, what am I going to do today? And I, I always take a stock of like, what do we have that needs to be used first? And then that becomes my priority. When I... um I don't have anything in front of me that's really going to go bad quickly. I think like the next step, what do I need? What can I use that I have 
that needs that can be made into something that's then useful to us that's quick but that's long term to store um like a example would be bone broth so we have the bones in the freezer they could like like sit there for another two years and it's fine but if i take those bones out and i throw them in the in the instant pot and i put it on for eight hours and then you know 12 hours later i strain that and put it in the fridge then the next day i skim the fat and put it into containers and put it in the freezer I'm only doing a little bit of work every few hours for a couple days. And then we have like two gallons of bone broth in the freezer Mm -hmm. so that when I want to make soup at some other given, any given time, I don't have to buy a carton or a can from the store to have convenience. I have nourishing gelatinous mineral rich bone broth that we made from grass fed beef bones or from our own chickens bones. Mm -hmm. And then it's there. And so then if I take that a step further, if I see that some of that broth in the freezer is getting older and I've made more and I need room, I might take that out and just make a soup and then I could freeze that. Mm-hmm. And then there's been many nights where I just don't feel like cooking. All we have to do is thaw. We, yeah. We grab, grab a soup. Yeah. We grab, uh, some chili. Yeah. Chili soup, stew, all that stuff is good to freeze. Yeah. Anything that is as easy or easier to make, um, 12 portions instead of three. Yeah. You know, just make 12, cool it down, portion it out, throw it in the freezer. And then you have, we, we have our, uh, you know, it's uh, like, that's like an argument. You know, I used to hear it a lot, lot, you know, years and years ago um, with uh, people saying that fast food is necessary because people need this convenience because people have soccer practice and, you know, they list off, you know, a million things. And it's like, yeah, we got, we got those problems too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, the answer to that is not directly in front of us. Like, like with the, uh, you know, pre-planned meal ordering kind yeah, of stuff. Sure. It's stuff that we have to put work into, but when you put work into it, when you have time, then all of a sudden you have all, then, then we can be lazy I know. Like all the time. We're like often. Yeah. And uh, it's like if three days in a row, I just don't feel like cooking. We, we have so much nourishing food that's from scratch. That's already here for us to eat. Yeah. Like right now we have meatballs that are in the freezer that we could just heat up in some sauce. We have a, we have meatloaf that we could cook. Yep. I have falafel mix that I could fry some falafel. falafel. Some, some pre-wrapped, uh, I have spanakopita. Spanakopita. Yeah. Spanakopita. That's already wrapped in like individual pies. So you just put them on a baking sheet and put them in the oven. It's just like you got it from the frozen section at the store, yep. except it's not poisonous except and we know what's in it. You fucking made it. I made it and it's you good. Know? It's how we like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, um, chili we have split pea soup with ham we have so, uh bratwurst sausage s- stew um you mean uterbraten stew uterbraten stew that's what we call it and that's a that's a homage to the simpsons uh-huh. uh halloween episode yeah halloween one when they eat where the, the teachers uh, are eating all the students and then they eat the german kid the, named uter the german kid gets eaten and they call it uterbraten stew yeah so yes, it's uder rotten because it's our bratwurst stew with the and it it's was, not really a stew. It's, it's a soup. It's like a cream soup. It's like soup. a soup with a little cream added to it. It's brothy. It's not. It's not like a chowder, but it's um, it's also made with um the sausage that Chud makes, so that it's extra special. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I think we have p- potato leek soup in there that's still from potatoes and leeks that we grew. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got just like a whole bunch of stuff. 
And yeah, we have an extra freezer, so we're lucky to have the space. But you could modify this in any way that you wanted to, uh, to be more manageable. So it's like this idea of like, even on days when I'm lazy, I input something. Something's getting produced here. Mm -hmm. Whether I put some stinging nettles on the drying uh, rack or I, yeah, like in the summertime, I would just, every day I would just cut something and put it on the dehydrator. So the dehydrator was just running all the time. There's this, times where this you're This is going to sound really stupid, but we could, you could compare it to like a credit system. Yeah. It's, it's like the, a bank. It's like, yeah, we've, bank we, account. we create all this credit of food Yeah. that, but, well, but we only get it if we create it. You know, it's right. not, it's not just like, it's, it's not like well, this it's, magical thing. It's that not appears. credit. It's a savings account. Yeah. That's better. so it's like, we're putting actual funds into this account and then we're able to take from it when we want. And if we're really thoughtful about never taking more than we put in, we never go into debt. We always have a surplus. We always have what we need. And so like that idea of it being a living thing is like it needing maintenance and care and feeding and watering and, um, thought and exercise and, you know, like, all of, all those things and um, to keep it moving. One of my f one of a really good book on uh, fermentation is by Sharon Flynn. She is an, a fermenter and she's from Australia, I believe. And she, her book is called Ferment for Good, but the subtitle to it is The Slowest Form of Fast Food. Mm, and that, like that really really sticks with me. Because I think of all of our ferments as fast food. Because when we don't have a vegetable or a side to go with whatever we made, it could just be a roast chicken and I don't feel like doing anything else. Uh -huh. We pull out two or three jars of fermented stuff. And, we've got and we have... Got our greens, got our, our veggies. Our veggies, our sour, sauerkraut or fermented carrots or fermented green beans or tomatoes. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of stuff. And you just pull that jar out and you eat from it. And it's like, that is amazing. And it's the food that we grew some of the time, a lot of the time. And we can preserve it to last for, you know, months and months and months. And the same goes for canned goods. Um, so much of what we grow or can gather from our area, we put in the canner at that time of year when everything's so abundant. And then those things last us for the year. Like just the other day kind of feeling tired, had a whole chicken, just put it in the oven without much effort, got a can of corn and a can of green beans mm -hmm. and uh, boiled a couple of potatoes. And we had a really like, it was like a nice Sunday dinner. Like it felt fancy. Yep. In and, a fast food way. <laughs> uh-huh. And then, you know, get the instant pot out, set it on the counter. As we're done eating, we throw all the bones into the instant pot. We pick the rest of the meat off the carcass that we didn't eat and put that in the fridge for a meal that's going to be tomorrow. And we put a couple chicken feet and some other bones that I had reserved in the freezer in, mm -hmm. load that with water, turn it on, leave the instant pot running overnight so that the next day I have broth to strain. That's done. And then the next day also I can make like a quick fried rice using the leftover chicken meat. So it's like, Everything, and I feel like this is the traditional way of running your kitchen and right. running your home. Mm -hmm. And when grandma, you know, great grandma, whatever, used to just do things in the kitchen, she was able to be home. Things were always tidy. People were always fed. Food was from scratch. 
It never, she had a living kitchen. She didn't, yeah. And it didn't seem like she was just slaving away in there all the time. No, it was just wasn't. her dawdling or, you know, you know, kind of, you know, plugging along mm-hmm. and doing a couple things here and there. And then things come together. But part of what you're doing is you're never just make planning for your meal today or what you need today. You're always planning for what you need tomorrow mm-hmm. and the next day and a year from now even. And if you do it that way, you can combine your labor. So your your labor is once for several outcomes. So, you know, I'm going to chop onions now for today's meal, but I'm going to, it's going to take me a few minutes longer to chop onions for the next three meals. And then I'm only going to have to wash the cutting board once and wash the knife once and wash the counter once. And you can put those things in the fridge and then you have chopped onions. And if stuff's already prepped like that, you're more likely to want to then cook from scratch when it's time as well. Yeah. It's more like running a commercial kitchen, you know, like a a restaurant kitchen. But on a micro scale. Yeah. For just you and your family. For sure. And, you know, like the real key, the, the only thing, like, I think this is all kind of common sense mm-hmm. that just might not be thought out by in just any old money, just any old day or whatever. Uh, but the there is a huge hang up, I, th- I think, which is that you got to you got to be full. You got to be full in on it. You got to actually like if you chop if you chop onions for three meals, you better use those in three or four days. Right. Um, don't go, yeah, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to chop, you know, five onions instead of, instead of one. And then, uh, you know, use one's worth to, to make tacos tonight or whatever. And then, um, then go get fast food for the next three days. Yeah. <laughs> like go right. get fast food, not right. the fast, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, drive through drive through pizza or whatever. Uh-huh. And it's just like, it is, it's a, it's a, a shift. It's, it takes uh, some focus, but I think, I think by doing that, like it does, it is a little motivating to like then want to use those things, Mm -hmm. but it's the biggest part is it's a living thing. So you're constantly needing to check in on it and taking care of it. Right. Right. So like we feed the dog every day and we, we pet her and make sure she's not wincing in a spot when we touch her or her skin looks okay. And her coat looks okay. Yeah. We let her out to use the bathroom, you know, um, when we take care of our homestead, we're checking in on it. Like when we run the water, does that look and smell and taste fine? When we turn on the lights, are they flickering? When we mow the lawn, how's the health of our grass looking? When we, when we cook, we should always be looking to see what's going to go bad first Mm -hmm. and using that. Like it's, it's extremely important to me. The, the worst case scenario in our kitchen is those something goes to the chickens or to the compost pile. Mm-hmm. And I always try to prevent that by eating it, using it ourself. Right. And it's still a good thing to put that in the, in, in the coop or in the compost pile because then my chickens will turn that to eggs for us. Yep. But if it goes into the compost, then it turns into nutrients for what we'll grow next time. Right. So when there are things that we can't ingest ourselves, they are going to still support this living thing that is our homestead, Mm -hmm. but priority needs to come to what do I have in the fridge and what do I need to use first? And so 
it's been a couple times this week where I've just felt busy with other things and the day is kind of getting away from me and then it's like dinner time and the it's really that the baby has been so clingy lately mm-hmm. and he's just wanting to be held constantly. So when you're not here, the time that I would normally spend doing a little prep in the kitchen has been holding him mm-hmm. and I'm trying to just be present with that and enjoy it as much as I can because it's not it does not last forever by any means. But uh, it's left me, you know, saying, hey, could you run to the basement and grab something, a soup Mm -hmm. for dinner? And then we'll eat sourdough bread and a soup. No one complains. But then I know that there's some produce in the fridge that I bought from the grocery store that was fresh and needed to be used before it's not anymore. So today, when I start my day, I make sure the kitchen's clean and the surfaces are clean because then you're always more likely to want to actually do something in there than if it's messy and you have to clean first. Mm -hmm. So things are tidied and I look in the fridge and I say, what needs to be used next? I'm like, oh, we have broccoli and we have bell peppers that I bought too many of when I did sausage and peppers a while ago. And I've got some green onions that my mom gave me because she was leaving for Florida and she wanted her fridge cleaned out. Mm -hmm. And all those things, you know, the green onions were already a little sad, so... I just cleaned them up. I peeled all the gross stuff off and rinsed them and chopped them up. So then I chopped up the uh, broccoli into florets. I cut the the bell pepper. Um, what else was there? There was more. There's a oh carrots. There were some carrots that were gross, so I they were like getting roots. <laughs> so I like peeled them because which I normally don't peel carrots, but these ones were getting gnarly. Cut those up. So I'm just gonna make a stir fry with all of that tonight. And uh, it'll be easy. Oh, and we also had some leftover rib roast from the that roast we had the other night. Mm-hmm. Chop that up. That'll be our meat for our stir fry. It's not the best thing ever because, yeah, like fresh fresh raw meat added to a stir fry cooking in the stir fry is definitely, it's better, definitely better than like reheated steak. But it's it's food. But it's food. And we're using what we have and it's quicker. It's food and it, uh, it's a million times better than what we were eating 10, 15 years ago. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. Than like anything we ever ate 10 or 15 years ago. Well, no, I shouldn't say ever because we still cooked. We cooked good stuff, but we also thought it was funny to get Hot Pockets because there was... Because there was a news report that said there was unsound meat. (laughs) Yes, you remember. Yes. It was like the news report was saying... Hot Pockets is being investigated for uns- using unsound meat. I was yeah. like, what is unsound well, meat? And I was like, let's go to the store. We're and getting then- some Hot Pockets. <laughs> and then- I hadn't had Hot Pockets for a while at that point because they were disgusting. Because uh, it has unsound meat. And it, and it was disgusting when I ate it, but it was like this challenge, they said. They said, don't eat this. There's unsound meat in there. And I was like, well, I'm going to eat it so I was like, what does that even mean? And then I was like, you know, Hot Pockets sound kind of good. Let's do it. <coughs> yeah, so if we think about like that, um, this roast, that's already been cooked in the oven that's then going to be heated up in a pan is much better than microwaved unsound meat. ABC roast. Already been cooked. Already been cooked. Right. So, um, I don't know. I just like, I don't know if it's, say, it's, it's uh, referring it to as a, like a savings account makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but referring it to, to it like a living thing makes more, a feel feels more right to me. I love it. I love I love your comparison of it being a living thing. But you know, I always got a big butt. Um and my big butt isn't isn't really big, but it's uh it's not. When I hear you say it, I there's this part of my brain that wants to not call it a living thing mm-hmm. and I want to call it a machine. 
Oh, sure. Uh, like it, it's just the way I pro like I, I'm thinking of vehicles. Yeah. Maintenance. And, and how like, you know, if you if you buy a shitty old car that you have plans to fix up and make into a nice car someday and you park that behind your barn or, you know, in your driveway or whatever and you just leave it there, it's going to be a total loss. It's just going to be a piece of shit that's gonna, on your hands. Are you are you trying to judge me for leaving the Buick in the back behind no, the barn? No, but I, but I will mention the Buick um, of that. Uh, I'm not trying to shame you in any way. <laughs> I feel really responsible for it. I don't know how, but... Um, uh, like with the Buick, it's like, we probably should have sold that thing about a year, maybe two years before. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, I don't think we've said on here, we had a, a tree fall on, on one of our older, shittier cars. Um, but what did I do with that car for the last year or at least year? I once a month would start it, mm -hmm. take it for a drive down the road. We'd stop paying insurance. We didn't get new new plates on it. No new tabs. Yeah. Uh, so it was like, it, you know, it wasn't, you know, a great car to be driving around, uh, without drawing attention to ourselves. Uh, but I would still start it. I'd put a little air in the tires. I, uh, you know, put a little fuel stabilizer in there at some point. Um, uh, you know, I topped off the oil, you know, just because, just because this is like a, a uh, an asset, it's yeah. worth something. Well, it still it's runs either, and drives. It has a potential to be total garbage. Yeah. By just leaving it. If we wouldn't have paid any attention to that for that whole year, it would be garbage. Yeah. Then then it's like okay, well, you know, if I if I had parked it, I don't know how you think this is your fault. <laughs> I parked it where it was. Because <laughs> I, I I said I would sell it a year ago. Because we even we even had a windstorm uh, like a month before, and I didn't think about it, and I saw it afterwards, and I thought, damn. We're just lucky that thing didn't have a tree fall right there. <laughs> and then uh, and I was like, yeah, but we're probably over the real windy shit for the year. Mm -hmm. And then lo and behold, you know, three weeks or a month later, we had another windstorm and it got nailed. It's like. Um, like really nailed, like a giant tree through the windshield, took out the entire dash. Like the dash was totally ripped apart. It was, it yeah. was uh, quite the ordeal. The limb was uh, at a nine inch diameter. So, yeah. And, uh, f both fenders damaged. One of the mirrors was gone. The hood was gone. The, the a pillar on the right side the, was gone. It was, the hood wasn't necessarily gone until I decided to, I pulled it off with a chain instead of cutting it with all that tension on there. It had just kind of missed the hood, but oh. then I dragged it across the hood to get it off. <laughs> well, but that did. was for safety. My, that was for my safety. Yeah. I guess it's important. Um, anyway, it was, it was epically damaged. But, uh, but my, my point being, um, if, if we hadn't maintained it and left it in a spot where no tree had fallen on it, uh, so, so I parked it in a better space two years ago and then just left it there and then forget that that windstorm ever happened, say on the same day, I would have, I would have thought, Hey, let's, uh, let's start that thing up and try and sell it now. Um, well, we would have sold it for a lot less mm -hmm. than we would have if, had we been able to. Well, I mean, we we got a few bucks for it anyway. As Forty it was. bones. Yeah, nothing. Forty to, bones for the windshield dash damaged. Which view was it. too bad for a car we had for about ten years. No, it's not at all, and we didn't pay very much for it. And the, yeah, we paid under a thousand. We had it for ten years. It had been totaled three, two twice, or three times before. Twice before this. Before this would we been ever, the third time. ever possessed it. Um, so you know, I mean, that car served a great, great life for us it was uh it was uh, it was great to just not have to pay to dispose of it really yeah oh yeah exactly it didn't it. cost us anything at the end of its life 
So that's that's not too bad. So, but uh, but yeah, this this point of but the point of this yeah. we're getting farther away from the from the pantry aspect is that, um, you know, there's there's a mechanical side to it. You know, if um, uh, and it and it and it doesn't necessarily need to be mechanical as in as in automotive or whatever. But like uh like a if you have a building, and you don't ever go there or touch it or spend time with it, uh, it's going to be overtaken by nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're a part of it, it, you, it by nature, <laughs> wait, that's weird to use that twice, but by, but the way it will work is that, um, uh, nature won't take it over if you're there, if you're present with it. Right. And, um, and in that same sense, like nature taking over, uh, the pantry will happen. You'll get bugs. Yeah. You'll, um, yeah. Stuff will spoil. Mold will come. Yeah. Moisture. Yeah. Na- nature is, is going to do what nature is going to do there. So if you don't want that result of bugs and mold, then you need to be using the stuff. You need to always be rotating. You need to, uh, if like in our case, like we keep like uh, uh, rice in the basement, mm-hmm. but then we have jars that we keep with, with, uh, with rice upstairs. We need to always be eating rice and finishing a jar and coming back down and filling it up. And as soon as that bag gets low, we get another bag and we put that under that bag. We don't, you know, you, you, you finish the bag you're on before you open a new one. You always double check that you're rotating everything. It's, uh-huh. It is like a rest. I mean, and both of us have that experience in a professional kitchens, yeah. right? Um, mine was a smaller scale. It was more like a deli, um, specialty grocery, but it was the same idea mm-hmm. with the grocery section as it was in the back. Well, I, like, and I've worked in grocery store too. Yeah, like, everything pulled forward and you, you put stuff in the back, you face things so you can see them. It's uh really, again, it's all common sense kind of stuff, but it, as common sense as it is, it it's easy to maybe bite off more than you're willing to chew. And you say, oh, I'm going to start doing this stuff. And then you end up with uh, moldy rice. Yeah. Because you say, I'm going to go buy a fit. Look, uh, shit's getting bad. Supply chain's bad. I need to take food security into my own hands. I'm going to go buy. I'm going to buy 50 pounds of rice, 50 pounds of beans, 50 pounds of flour, and I'm going to put it all in my basement. And uh, then, and then you go about your life where you don't cook or whatever. And shit doesn't hit the fan yet. And shit doesn't hit the fan. And then just keep going to buy your 10 pound bags of flour. And then one day (laughs) you're down in your basement to do something else. And you're like, ah, shit, there's rice and beans everywhere because rodents had gotten into it or whatever. Or, or weevils, you know, bugs or, or or if you, or if you take moisture is enough to kill that kind of stuff. Or if you take better precautions, like we keep stuff in galvanized, uh, uh, cans so Mm -hmm. that, so that it won't, so rodents can't get in there. Uh, but if you did that and then forgot about it and didn't use, weren't living with your pantry, um, then shit does hit the fan 10 years later and you have nasty ass, you know, bull weevil flour yeah. and, uh, you know, like whatever, like stuff that you're not going to be able to use, at least as you had intended anyway. You know, I think um, I, I definitely learned something when we had the weevils in our kitchen in the first house we lived in together when we were downtown. Okay. Do you remember I, that? It was traumatizing to me. I remember dealing with weevils in someone else's house with you. So, oh, Jesus, God. Yeah, when we helped clean a hoarded house out, it was really bad. That was nasty. That I was... think I think that overshadowed, because that was around the same time that you'd be talking about, that overshadowed any bug problems we yeah. ever had. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I might be wrong, so check this out if you're interested and look into it, but I think the weevils that grow in the flower 
they're present and they need the right situation to hatch. If they hatch, they're like these little crawly little bugs. Mm -hmm. And then if they are exposed to sunlight, they will grow wings and be flying insects. So in our house, it was only the tiny little bugs. But in that hoarded house that we helped clean out, they were full. They grown. were full grown, like giant flying things, Fla- as well dragons. as like the tiny flower dragons. <laughs> there was flower dragons. So in the C Street house, uh, oh, that gives away something. Yeah, the downtown house, right? We lived at. I used to go shopping at this place called Deals Only. And can I say one more thing about boll weevils, though? Yeah. Did you ever see that movie, Class of Newcomb High Two: The Subhumanoid Meltdown? I did. Because uh, that uh, Shelby Chong, I think that's her name, uh, Tom, Tom, Tommy, uh, Chong's Tommy Chong's wife. Wife, yeah. Uh, she's in it, yeah. and uh, she's her, her, she's an activist, uh-huh. and her whole thing is save the bull weevils. Oh yes, totally. She's always collecting money. Yeah, yeah. Save the bull weevils. Yeah, we don't need we don't need to save them. We need to get them <laughs> out of our fucking cabinets. But anyway, so I would shop at these places that were like discount groceries, right? And I would go there and I would get boxes of stuff that's like easy to make. Stuff I didn't know, like I wanted to try, but I didn't understand how food worked yet. Because mm-hmm. what am I like when we met? I was 25. This was yeah. a long time ago. I hadn't worked. I had worked in that restaurant, but I wasn't really doing stuff in my own house yet. Right. Still, still drank more than I ate at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would get like things like falafel mix you know, kits in a box where you're supposed to, it's just dehydrated stuff and you put water on it and you're supposed to be able to do something with it. Or same with that, like hummus. I didn't understand that was just chickpeas that were ground up. Like, so it was like this dehydrated chickpea mix that you mix with water. And like, I don't know, other random stuff like pasta roni kind of situations. Right. But um, they came from the store that was all discount. Cause stuff stuff there was like 10 cents a box. Yeah, it was good, good and cheap. Yeah. and uh, But it was because it's already old. It was already past the date. And yeah. I said, well, I know that that doesn't matter. So whatever. Well, apparently kind of matters because there was, <laughs> was shit in those things. Yeah. And I also let them sit for a long time. I didn't always use that pantry. I remember it was like up and to the right of our sink. And that window that was there. Okay, yeah, yeah. And we had like, you know. See, I, when I think of that house and I think of the pantry, I don't think of those cupboards. I'm thinking of um, that shelf. Yeah, that we put a nice had. rack. And like that was that was our working yeah pantry area. That was. But then yeah, there were the there was a lot of cupboard space there. Man, we could have we could and use we those cupboards. We didn't now. have half of those drawers even have anything. In no, them. yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, there was good counter space and good stuff. good cupboard space. Those were the only positive things about that house, and we were too drunk to give to a appreciate shit. it. I mean, I made <laughs> we made some stuff. I don't. We did sausage in there once, you know, at least. You made brats. Um, I definitely did like veggie kibbe and like some other stuff that I had made at the Lebanese restaurant. Mm-hmm. But like on a daily, we weren't really cooking. I did falafel there from scratch because well, I remember. We, we definitely did a lot of cooking there. And uh, remember my friend uh, Dan hooked us up with that uh, broken old barbecuer. Oh, yeah. And uh, I got that thing working. Yeah. So we were, we were grilling we were a lot. Grilling, like we, yeah. we had it. We had like two summers there. And, yeah, you know we but we, we partied stuff. a lot, but there was but a lot of more there was a lot of alcohol. cooking with that with those parties yeah, yeah. and stuff. So anyway, the weevils there. I open that cabinet to get something out, and I just see like it looks like there's flour that has spilled out of a package or something or sugar, and then I'm like I was like oh, my eyes are fucked up, you know I'm probably hungover or whatever, but it's moving, 
and I look closer and I get my eyes right up in there and then my eyes finally focus enough and then I get a flashlight and I'm like, oh, fuck it, there's, there's fucking bugs everywhere. You know, I didn't know the name Weevil or that this was a thing yet. And you're like, oh yeah, those are Weevils. They're like, the bull Weevils or whatever. You're like, yeah, didn't you ever see Class of Nuke and <laughs> subhumanoid meltdown? I'm like, yes, but I didn't get the joke. Now I get it. This is not <laughs> yeah, something you want to say. Plus they never show but... them. Or, no, like, it's just the thing a lady says. I, the so reason weird. I remember it, like I have an association with that is watching that movie and being like, what the fuck are bull weevils? And like, uh, I think I had a dictionary. I looked it up in a dictionary. <laughs> like, that's, that's pretty hot. Oh yeah. <laughs> so hot. yeah, dudes living by themselves and watching trauma movies is super and, hot. And then reading out of the dictionary. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> I have a type and that's that you're it, I guess. So anyway, the point of this is, is that even in my, our most shit baggery as a couple, we, um, stopped everything. And we took everything out of that cabinet. We threw everything away that wasn't totally sealed. We like bleach sprayed all of those things to death and wiped that out and vacuumed it. Then cleaned all the countertops in the live in the kitchen. It was like a full day's work. Mm -hmm. And I still, I felt creeped out about like everything for a while, Mm -hmm. but all that it would have taken to prevent that was to add in and take from that cabinet in a consistent fashion where you're pulling things forward and rotating and thinking about what's in there mm-hmm. and using things as they get old because that that wouldn't have happened then. right and yeah, then it would have saved we us all that, that extra time sh- sh- even if we were still eating that same shitty shit that was in that cupboard mm-hmm. today just our our maturity levels you know like uh would not allow that to happen no because no. because we would never ever go buy more rice aroni when we already have it or that is to, if we did buy it and we already had it we would definitely be not eating the stuff we just brought home but in that case like like i said we had that shelf so that cupboard was like you know that was dark, cupboard no was man's really land. stuff that we just never ate yeah that i just was like oh this is 10 cents this looks like a good idea to this this will be this will be a great and a quick pinch and like more recently with the weevils thing um i was going through our pantry here and I needed a new thing of flour and so I grabbed a new 10 pound bag of flour out and I opened it and I immediately saw on the inside of the the like paper of the flour sack yeah there was one of those and I was like oh fuck oh fuck oh that was that was a couple months ago yeah like in the during the winter that's right I remember I found that bag in a bag I like immediately put it in a grocery bag and like tied it really tight and then put it on the porch yeah and i was like what what the fuck is this doing out here i better bring it inside and you're like oh no 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 that's no good (laughs) so i was like i need that needs to go in the garbage but like we need like i didn't start to use the flower before i noticed it and and i noticed it before they you know moved out of that bag and into anything else right yeah we didn't contaminate our no then i went through everything else in there because when you're bringing stuff home from the store sometimes that already in there you know, maybe not an infest- on the infestation level, but they're already in there. It's just part of what's in our food. All right. I got a fun little diversion here. Oh, do it. It's right on the on, on what we're talking about, but it's maybe more just like shit talking and, and making observations that we have no way to, to prove. But uh, do you remember uh, something was going on like two years ago? Um, oh, yeah. This pandemic thing mm, no, started. No, 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 never heard of it. And there was there was issues with uh, uh, grocery stores uh-huh. ar- around two years ago, maybe mm-hmm. maybe two years and two weeks ago. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, w- 
we were making this observation that like shit, man, all the flour's gone. Yeah. Flour and sugar are gone. Yeah. But there was like lots of other things that were still there. Yeah. But those two, and 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 I immediately realized, you know what, people who haven't thought about things like we have. Um, They're like, what am I gonna do? Yeah, oh, I need to make be able to I, make I, bread. I, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna cook for myself, I'll have to get things that you use to cook for yourself. And I think there's a lot of people who've only ever baked, like uh, baked a cake or baked some cakes cookies and cookies and at Christmas and time. Maybe maybe bread is on their on their um, mind, but they haven't done it or something like that. So I think a lot of people bought a lot of flour. Yeah. Two years ago. Totally. And then of course everything was fine. Yeah, well, I remember that trip to Winco when shit was really getting going, and I was like, you know, I don't like to fight the crowd, but this is this is really happening. I don't know what's going to happen, but we should just go grab what we need now and just get it over with. Yeah. So I had you drive me, and you stayed in the oh, car yeah, with the kid. Yeah. It was before we had Oh, yeah, two. we only had one. Well, and I think we only had, I didn't even have one, the second one inside quite yet. It was, oh, no, yeah. I had, I had just this, found out I was pregnant. Was this, or was this just before? No, because people, other people weren't freaking out. Before. Yeah, this was just Only like we freak were freaking out, out before. <laughs> <laughs> We've always been freaking out. <laughs> Way ahead of it. But like, so you like drove me to the, you know, the parking lot was so full. You dropped me off at the door and like. Yeah, this is a huge parking lot. Too. I, I went in and it was like people were there was the lines to check out were like all open but all like backed up all the way to the back of the store to the meat department and then curving around all the way to the I deli. think it was after this trip that I was making that observation of the flower and mm-hmm. what you know you told me what you saw and it was well, like and I remember inside I had taken be- a few pictures stupid for people you. oh yeah, yeah I mean, oh yeah I was looking at pictures it was of it. pictures of the shelves so like the produce department was stocked with fresh produce uh-huh. We had don't touch that shit. Um, all all the hot dogs were gone. Hot dogs, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I bet all, all the, the Twinkies. All the were milk gone. was gone. Twinkies were gone. I don't think I looked at that section. It's kind of off the. Because that's the that's the that's uh, the the apocalypse food. Yeah, right? yeah. That's can the survive a nuclear, nuclear blast. Nuclear blast. <laughs> <laughs> and even if the outside gets N- nukes aren't real. <laughs> even if the outside gets moldy, you can just suck the filling out. And, Oh, yeah. Still, I hear it's still like um, well, it's sterile. like taquitos, and it's like taquitos. As long, you know, they, you don't have to even refrigerate them as long no. as you don't eat the outside. You, you just, just suck the filling out, you'll it. be safe. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone gets that reference and to what movie that's from, don't say. S- send an email. Send us an email. You'll we'll, get a cookie we'll or be, a tootsie roll. We'll be BFFs. We'll send you stickers <laughs> or something. So, um, yeah, the the stores it was it was kind of embarrassing. Bread was gone, milk was gone, but also flour and sugar. And I remember I grabbed flour and sugar because there was some, but it was like a lot of it was gone. But you know what was there? Well, like the big bags of rice and beans were there right. because people don't even know that section exists. Yeah. The bulk food section was totally full. Mm-hmm. And um, and spam, canned tuna, any kind of prote- shelf-stable protein was totally stocked. Uh, canned beans were, were stocked, but Top Ramen, Top Ramen was gone. Top man. Ramen's gone. I, I, yeah, I'm remembering this as you're saying it so much more vividly than when I brought it up. Of that, I was going, yeah, this shows how fucking stupid everyone is. Fuck, man. Like, and it's what it's what I'm still saying. I mean, I don't spend much time dwelling on it, but it's like, uh, you know. With these, with what I see as inevitable food food security issues that are in our in our future at some point, I don't know if that's tomorrow or in ten years or one year or whatever. Uh, I, I see it coming someday, 
and um, people kind of look at us like we're crazy when we're when we have a, a a pantry like I'm looking at down here in our basement right now where we're all organized and we and we rotate all these things and stuff. But the reality is is when shit hits the fan, uh, people are gonna run out and they're gonna buy fucking top ramen and flour. And oh, and the reason that I brought all this up in the first place is I would like to wonder with you for a moment, how many bags of flour do you think are sitting around the United States right now that were bought two years ago and went into hiding because they were afraid of the pandemic? And maybe those people even have bow weevils in their cabinet and they don't even that's, know that, about that's, it. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, yeah. You know, is this um, is this all fucking uh, big pesticide? Uh, they create a fake pandemic to get people to buy food they're not going to use so that they can then charge them to... Uh, eradicate the pests from their homes. <laughs> oh my god it is it's like the orkin man is constructing all of this <laughs> somewhere in his evil lair but it, it's uh it's true it's like people are not prepared and then they panic and it and, and they they kind of in their head here you know what you should do and you think of like people think of like what you should have on hand in a storm so or if you're sick so they get flu medicine and toilet paper or if the and, lights go out for and a day. and bottled water and top ramen yeah but the reality is is like like preppers kind of get a bad name because I think most people believe that all preppers are prepping from a place of fear. Uh-huh. And that's, that's was my trap with it for a long time. Like okay. I would never call myself a prepper because it's embarrassing to me sure. to think like, we're not people that live in the city that are like polishing our guns and have um, like totes of, of freeze dried food from Patriot supply under our bed. Mm-hmm. Right. That it's, it seems like, Preppers came in my mind. The stereotype of the prepper is a paranoid person mm-hmm. that's worried and maybe even hoping for the downfall of things or for things to get fucked. Yeah, and um, I felt like I, I am that guy at times <laughs> yeah. in my life, but I'm, I never have been. But I felt like I am that guy because that stereotype is so hard that when mm-hmm. I when I've talked to people, I start feeling like I I, I am that character that you're yeah. mentioning. Yeah, that uh, if you tell people that you have a bag of rice and a bag of beans, and they're like, oh, you're the fucking guy with the freeze-dried Patriot Supply stuff on your bag. Hey, actually, February of 2020, um, I had just bought a bag of, I think, pinto or red beans and mm-hmm. a bag of rice, and they were sitting on our, count- on our counter. I hadn't brought them down here yet. Yeah. This was like a cool month before before pandemic this might have even been december of 2019 and someone was in here and they they called me a paranoid prepper really leprechaun <laughs> yeah. uh, my, my good old buddy leprechaun who's here and yeah and he called me paranoid at that yeah. time yeah and, 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 and like, i didn't know i mean i i knew some things about covid but i didn't know that was gonna be uh, we it didn't know the run on grocery stores or anything but my response coming. to him was like hey man it's you know, I'm not fucking freaking out about anything, but uh, it's better to be a day late than, than a day or it's better to be a day early than a day late in any situation. And we're going to eat all this stuff anyway. Well, and not only that, it's like if we're going if we have the space, the storage space and we rotate, then buying in bulk saves you money. Yeah. So it's only like you're like you, you can make fun of me and call me a couponer or something. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? To like uh, by buying in bulk, you're saving money. So it's there's it's, absolutely multiple I mean, reasons. If you are responsible enough to do it, and again, it comes down to being responsible enough. Like, uh, 
you got to actually rotate these things. Yeah. You actually, if you're going to buy that car to fix up in 10 years down the road, you still have maintenance between now and then yes. that you have to do to keep that as a, as a viable option. I really believe that, um, you know, you can be prepared and you don't need to call yourself a prepper, but you can be prepared and not from a place of fear, but from a place of personal responsibility. Yeah. That sounds much better than, mm -hmm. than fear, you know, and especially like you brought up, uh, uh, the, the, that anticipating wishing for it. No, sure. Um, yeah. you know, I, I like struggle. They want us to, they wanted to be right. I struggle with that sometimes because I do sort of wish that I don't want to manifest it by even saying it, but, um, you know, like it's, I can get to a point where I do believe that difficult times are the only way out of something. Mm -hmm. Um, like I, I think that, uh, you know, like at the beginning of COVID, since we're talking about that time so much, it's like if people had been hungry, mm -hmm. it would have been different. They wouldn't have stayed in their homes. If they wouldn't people, have agreed to not go to work. Right. If we had been the slightest bit uncomfortable, um, from that as opposed to, oh, this sucks. Cause all I get to do is watch Pornhub and, and go to Jack in the box or whatever. Well, you know? and, and not only that, but we were getting paid more. Many people were getting paid more money than they were making prior even to that. If, even if it wasn't more, which there were people absolutely who were, mm -hmm. um, but even if it wasn't more, cause there were other people who got considerably less to stay home. Oh, sure. And, um, if, if you were getting paid enough, that you could afford the basics mm -hmm. and you know, whatever. Yeah. You'll be patriotic. You'll have your world war two like duty of staying home and, you know, playing video games or whatever. Like, uh, there was, there, there was nothing uncomfortable about that. And I think that if we'd been uncomfortable, things would be different now in 2022 than they, than they are. Yeah. And, um, so I, I am, I, I, I hate using the words that I'm about to use, but sometimes I do think that the welcoming the apocalypse, like it, it seems like I, I, I kind of mentally do that sometimes. Not because I, trust me, I want to be able to go to the grocery store for the rest of my life. Yeah, I want to be able to watch Simpsons reruns on the Disney app. Yeah, I want <laughs> I want Wi-Fi for the rest of my life. I want a podcast for the rest of my life, yeah. you know, I w or, or at least have these things as options. Um, but, uh, I, I think that things are going to get worse in the senses that you and me talk about all the time. They're only going to get worse if we're all comfortable. Sure. And you know what I think is really, really, really important is to not be worried and not to not prep from a place of fear, but to be prepared in a way where you feel so comfortable in your daily life that you don't have to be afraid of what might come because you know, you minimally, you know, you have a cushion to get you by while things settle out or while you figure out what you're going to do next. Well, th this is, this is it. it I mean, and this is where, I don't know, like I, I, I feel like a dick saying it, but, um, we are preparing ourselves in such a way so that when what I think is inevitable of everyone being uncomfortable comes, we won't be uncomfortable. And that time when, when change will come about because everyone is hungry, we won't actually be a part of that change because we'll be okay. But the really, the, the thing is if you even step it back from there, <clears throat> as I think what we're doing is just 
common fucking sense to be able to take care of yourself and your family and not expect the state to do it. And so if you look at it like that, then we're just ready for the next time the power goes out for a day. We're just ready for the next time there's a big storm and we don't want to, we don't have to get on the road to drive to the grocery store. We're ready for the next time that something happens where we have no viable income anymore for a period of time. If, yep, job loss, or if we get sick and we're home, want to stay home yep. and actually, you know, get better, we have right. what we need. And, um, and and the farther we can go on the way we are right now, the farther we'll be able to go when we can't go on the way we are right now. And the, the simplest thing for me is like, I just don't like going to the store. I don't like going into town. I don't like fucking seeing ever other normal people. Mm-hmm. And so like the longer I can go between trips to the store, the better. And so the store trips are always like getting my, the, my money's worth by, you know, spending as much as I, you know, can spend as much as you <laughs> just, can. It's like, like whatever we, you know, money, money will stop Win- Winco us. Winco lobster. Here we go. <laughs> so much Winco lobster. Oh my God. That's the best. It's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's for, yeah. I'll, yeah, stock I, up I, on I, your lobster, people. I lost my train of thought with that, with that <laughs> lobster It makes concept. me laugh. What were you saying right before that? I was saying just, I just might not want to go to the store. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what I was going to say. Um, I really, really appreciate that we can go to the store right now. Mm-hmm. Because if the bottom falls out of our own shit, then we have the store to rely on. Yeah. But oh, if, if we, our crop fails, but or... if while it's an option to go to the grocery store, if that goes on, say that happens, say the grocery stores and everything goes on the way it is uh, well enough at the way it is right now for 10 more years, maybe just maybe in 10 years from now, we'll be at a point where we actually don't go to the grocery store. Or maybe we, we take a trip to once, once every six months or so, you know, I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah. Like, or, you know, grocery store is luxury. It's option. It's because we want to get deli fried chicken sometimes. Sure. (laughs) You know what I mean? I can't imagine it, (laughs) but, but but it's, you know, it's like a treat or, or that we want to go get flour. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's stuff that will never, I'm never going to grow wheat and make flour. If if we grow wheat, we're not going to be in a position that we're hard. You know, we're not, if anything, we grow oats. Yeah. You know, and then we figure out how to do stuff with that. But the reality is, is my sourdough baking habit here is only supported by the store. Right. There's no one around here growing wheat and there's probably not going to be. And I, I mean, it would be even hard to dry and stuff in this climate. It's just not feasible. And so, that's what so I, it would be cool if in 10 years from now we get to where we're only buying what we could call luxury items from the grocery yeah. store. But if we just and didn't wheat have is a luxury item, if we didn't have sourdough bread anymore, we'll be okay. In yeah. this ten-year-out scenario, for sure, you know, like, uh, and I still have several loaves in the freezer to get us because <laughs> because we're in a rhythm where we where we have um, between fifty and seventy chickens yeah. in our freezer mm-hmm. at a time uh, because we're we we're at a we're in a place where we have these things always. And if you have meat and foraged greens and clean water, then you're fine. Yeah. So I think I, I, I get I get it when I hear people say that their goal is to be off grid. Or that their goal is to never go to the grocery store again. I get why people say that. But I think most people saying that are so, so, so far away from that, what that actually would be. That it's, it's kind of a silly thing to even mess with without thinking about those first steps first. Yeah. And... Because I don't think that I want to never go to the store again, but I want to say that I can 
survive if I can never go to the store again. Does that make sense? Yes. And it's, again, like we normally do, arguing over semantics. <laughs> it's not that I never want to go to the store again. It's that I want to feel that I'm, I'm, my family is taken care of regardless if, as if we could get there or not, you know, yeah. that we know how to survive. So prepping to me is that cushion to figure out what your new normal would be to use the parlance of our times yeah. <laughs> to, to um, say you're, you've got three months supply minimally of things to kind of keep things normal mm -hmm. um, until you figure out what you're going to do after that. Yeah. So, and uh, we, and we keep it up pretty high at least three months. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and when I say three have. months, I'm talking about if we were to continue eating, like there was no, no shortage. Tomorrow. Yeah. And really all it would or like there to was be. a tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. We're eating like there's a tomorrow. You're not eating like there's no tomorrow because it would be very different. <laughs> so you just want to like have enough. If you say you have three months of food and you think of it as three months of what you actually use, that's actually six months of food at least. Our biggest issue if we, if we, if the apocalypse happened right now would be all our stuff in the freezer. Yes, that would be. We, we would lose some of our fast food we were talking about earlier. Right. We would be eating that well, first. Well, we'd be getting fat tonight. And we then... would be eating that first. And even some of those soups I could put on a pot and we would just keep heating it up. Before. But what we'd really be doing is assuming that we still have gas for our stove. Well, that's why we have the emergency propane tanks for the barbecue. Then this... we would be canning through the night all of our all of our beef all the meat as it thaws goes into cans and you're you're canning it yeah yeah and yeah. that's why i have physical books with with recipes for stuff i haven't done yet like for canning times and stuff mm -hmm. and that's why we uh, make sure to stock a good amount of canning lids um, and canning jars so like right now this time of year i'm like why do i have so many canning jars like my cabinet's full in the kitchen and it's like in the sunroom we have i have them in the basement i have them well it's just because we've been eating our canned food so every time you eat something canned and it's empty then you have a new can to put up but as soon as we start canning again it's going to be like why don't i have any cans to put my leftovers in right so it's like it's just this kind of again like a living thing it's an ebb and flow it comes and comes and goes so um i don't know it's uh if I see myself doing more with like the workshops thing, if this online workshop thing goes well, if it feels good, um, beyond fermentation, just thinking of food preservation in general, doing canning workshops, but like talking about that kitchen philosophy and maybe helping people who want to move into that, this lifestyle a little bit, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to get started because I can't tell you how to do it perfectly for you, especially, but even for me, cause I'm still figuring shit out. But I can tell you how to get started on a path where you're going to feel better and more confident. I can help you work that out, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why I offer things like pantry consultations and stuff like that. And we can do that virtually, but just see, you know, like what I would do is have somebody make me a list of what are your favorite foods? What is your normal week look like for, you know, how often you go to the grocery store, how often you cook for yourself and then figuring out how to stock stuff that you actually like and that you would eat and how to work that in so that it's part of your rotation. So some things are on long-term storage. Some, some things are in, in pantry storage where you're using them. And when the pantry is empty, you shop from your own grocery store before you go to the grocery store and buy anything else. Mm -hmm. Meaning your long-term storage is your, you know, basement or garage grocery store. So you restock your, your pantry from your long-term storage 
and then as the long-term storage becomes depleted and you have space, then you're purchasing something from the store to replenish that. Yeah. So that you stay prepared. You don't prep once in a year and then realize you've gone through all that food. You keep that, you keep that you know, stockpile there and up and ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody has a hard time figuring out how to get started with that and you want to talk. Yeah, um, reach I'm, out to us. I'm happy to help. As usual, you can you can find us on Instagram and message me there. That's easy at Greener Postures, or the world as it is today. I run all the Instagrams. It's, none of them are Chud. You have to ask for him specifically, and I'll, I'll get it. I'll fetch him for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only thing I actually look at is my Instagram and my Twitter. Yeah. But you can find me at Mr. Chud X. There you go. If you want to direct, you want to um, circumvent the wife and talk directly to the. Man of the house, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Chud X on Twitter is the way to go. Instagram works too, but I'm not going to tell you what that one is. You got to figure it out. You got to figure out his personal one if you're really fancy and you're uh, at your sleuthing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got something else? Nope. I wanted to uh, do a quote, but I can't. I can't find it, and I'm going to get it wrong. Oh, I really want. It's from to it's from the King of the Hill episode where it's Y2K. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, the whole thing starts with Hank. Um, talking to a prepper mm-hmm. who sells Christmas trees. Oh, yes. And, yes. and the guy says, he says, uh, he says, I poop in an outhouse. Oh, what does he say? Oh, uh, he's so cool. He I says, can't remember. He says, he says I, I generate my own electricity. I poop in an outhouse. I store my own food. Let the grid go down, Lord, for I am prepared. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, like yeah. it's a little different than it's, that. I did yes. not nail that at all. But yes, it's, but uh, he is amazing. I, I can't even think of the character's name. Like, it's okay. A, it's a single episode because yeah, his response is because Hank's whatever the guy's name was. Hank says there isn't a Mister or a Mrs. Blank Ca- Cappy is there? or something is his name. Like, yeah, there isn't a, a Mrs. Man. Cappy, is there? And he's like, No, sir. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think it just might be seen in. <laughs> oh, that's so great! I love that. Um, I bet YouTube would have a clip of it because people there's got to be more than just us that. Yeah, if that we if I can that. find something, we'll put a link in sure. the show notes. In the show notes, yeah. And and um, by the way, we put a link to a song for every episode of our podcast. If you haven't noticed that yet, I call it the companion song. Sometimes it's just a song that reminds us of what we were talking about. Sometimes we make reference to a song, and we'll we'll put that in there. I've even put a sketch in there once, the That's a Family episode. If you listen to that and you didn't see the sketch that's in there, you should go back and watch it's that hilarious. sketch. hilarious. The Birthday Boys the sketch. Mm-hmm. The, um, a contemporary family. <laughs> so, um, yeah, oh, wow. We're over an hour and ten or Fifteen oh, that's, that's pretty good. Look at us. So that's I'm going to quickly um, delete this episode on accident and then be really upset. Not actually, I'm not going to do that. But um, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I'm still, I feel better after this talking about it, but I'm still like, I want to, how to, how to shorthand explain to somebody what I mean about the homestead or in your kitchen, your stockpile, whatever being a living thing. Uh, but I think we, we made some progress in that idea. And, um, I hope that you guys enjoyed listening and that you'll reach out to us. And, uh, if you have anything to add, anything to say, comments, leave some, uh, leave reviews on whatever podcast catcher, whatever you listen to us on, mm-hmm. uh, leave a review. Five, should I ask for a five star review? 
<laughs> when I when I did uh, like estimating and I would take the like customer service like classes and stuff, they would always tell you to ask your customer for what you want and tell them to, to leave you a five star review. They won't do it unless you tell them. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's uh, you know, I always I always find it interesting. Like it seems like there are people who only do a maximum of four star reviews or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, There's nothing that's the best. You're gonna have to like give me like a free car or something. Yeah, like. it's like I mean I'm I'm mostly thinking of Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um you know like I'll be looking at a product to to try and decide if I if if I want to buy it based on these user reviews. And there's like like sometimes you don't it, it only has four stars and then you like start looking at all the four star reviews and they're all like, oh, this is a perfect product. Arrived on time, you know, assembled quickly and does the job exactly as I want it to do. And you're like, so why not five? It's just that there's I, always room for improvement philosophy. And, and I kind of get that. If from, from a certain perspective, I could understand saying, oh, nothing is ever perfect yeah. unless it's perfect. And that's like one in a million. Right. You know, like that's. So you got to leave that for one in a million. You if if, you're, if I were rating all of the cars I've ever driven. There's only one of them can be five stars. So yeah. even though I've driven some other sweet ass cars, they're four stars. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of an idea. For sure. Yeah, it's pretty funny stuff. Well, anyways, leave us a five star review. <laughs> or four. You know, Whatever just... you want. Leave us a one star as long as you say something super funny and the and make fun of us in a way that we would, you know, appreciate. Yeah, that, that'd be hilarious, but for real, five stars. <laughs> five stars. It helps with the algorithm. Only, otherwise I'm deleting I, this podcast. I don't podcast. know if that's true. I've just heard other podcasts oh, yeah. just say that. I hear Monica say that or yeah. something. It's yeah. like, that helps with the algorithm. And I don't know what that means, but I'm going to say it too, because then we sound professional. <sighs> but we're not. So, um. So, I got, I got to get going, because I, while I was looking for that quote, I found there's a video on YouTube that says, Y2K is a lot like what's going on now. And it's got a picture of Hank Hill and the coronavirus little logo. Yeah, and, little logo. And it's a review of the episode with that prepper in it. So. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Well, we're going to just <laughs> not go back upstairs to our children. We're going to watch some We're just going to watch uh, reviews of cartoons. Of <laughs> Without our kids. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right. we'll Peace, love, happiness. And please come and join us at the workshop and send me an email if you want to sign up. Yeah.